Hello and welcome to the Loose Forward Podcast. I'm Andy. And I'm Callum. And we're all about Rugby League. The M62 and beyond. Evening. Evening. How are you today? Alright, a bit wet. It's been awful, hasn't it? It's been shocking. I know. It has. Um, but I have managed to do a little bit of running this week. That's big for you. It is, because I, you know I've been injured for a while. Yeah, it's not because you're, you know, fat or out. <laughs> Just the way I said it then, I didn't want, you know, you to come across as some... Stop fat shaming me. Big effalump, so... Well, no, I did a bit of running. Right. Um, but before anybody says anything, it wasn't me that you saw in the papers and things, running with a, a white shirt on and a, a pair of brogues. Did you not see that? No, I've no idea. I could see what that. you... That Boris Johnson this week was spotted at the Conservative Party conference in Manchester. Right. Um, can't see him being very welcome there, to be honest. But um, he had um, he had a pair of shorts on. Right. right. And he was he was running. Right. Have a look at the pictures. He was he was running, and he's got a, a white formal shirt on, like to go to work, like a suit shirt. Yeah. Yeah. And a pair of black brogues. What? And he's running. Yeah. Doing some sort of charity event. <laughs> I don't know. Running in the marathon, you know, them that dress up for the marathon. I don't know, but that's what it looked like. But uh, I'm, I thought you might have seen it. That's why I mentioned it. No, I haven't seen that. No. Well, there it goes. Anyway, so that wasn't that wasn't me. No, um, that wasn't me. But um, rugby league. Just when you think things couldn't get any better. And then some brilliant games, and then we go right back to making a mockery of ourselves. But we're going to come on to that in a little bit, aren't we? Don't. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, we're going to have to. I don't know why I'm saying don't, because we're going to have to. But, yeah, no, some uh, excellent matches in our real grand final coming up. You know, we've got our, our prelim finals, um, and, and then we've got our, you know, our... Uh, Grand final preview as well. We have, and some special guests tonight as well. Yeah, a couple of special guests. We've got our resident Wigan fan, Johnny. Yep. Um, because of the news of the new coaching setup. Um, and then we've got uh, resident Saints fan, Gray, Gray. to uh, review and preview um, the grand final and the, the prelim against Leeds. So uh should be very good. Yes, and a red corner. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it takes much working out this one, doesn't it? Does yeah. it? it? Well, well, I was thinking about our quality, sound quality. I mean, we we don't do ours by Zoom, do we? we? Just do it on audio for now. Yeah, we've thought about doing it in different formats for next season, haven't we? Yeah, but we're done for this, and I'm pretty convinced that our sound quality on on this is better than what was on the Man of Steel Awards last night. Yeah. Save this anger and yeah, all okay. these little, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, spoilers and all that. Yeah, all right, okay. All right, well, we're going to change things about a little bit tonight, aren't we, because of our guests? Yep. So uh, we're going to start off with one of the games of the year in the NRL Grand Final, aren't we? Yeah. You call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife, that's a spoon. Last time I used that buzzer for a while now. Yeah. 
sad, isn't it? It is sad. It is sad. I'm sure people will be looking forward to hearing that again, though. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're not changing that, are we? No. No. Definitely not. Um, Panthers 14, Rabbitohs 12. What a game. Incredible, wasn't it? Just amazing. The intensity. The first half was, I think, the quickest half I've ever seen. Just unbelievable. Apart from Origin. Yeah. It was amazing. But that was as intense as Origin. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And 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 to be honest, I thought the, 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 the Panthers absolutely, you know, pretty much dominated the majority of the game by one or two spells from uh, the Rabbit Holes, but... Just the determination, heart to hang in there from from Souths was phenomenal. But I thought, and I agree with you, but I actually thought that the Bunnies looked more likely to make a break, to make a line break from you know from deep from their own half or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just thought that the the, the Pan- I mean, the Panthers has been have been the best defensive team all season. Um, so it was quite surprising to sort of you know feel like that, um, but the explosiveness of you know the likes of Walker and Johnston, um, Taff coming from the back, you know you, you they, they could have done easily, but um, I mean Cody Walker, bar an interception pass, was phenomenal. Yeah, superb try. The solo try was yeah. amazing. The the, the the old snake hips to get round, you know, one or two of them. And then literally as soon as he stepped, he's giving Nathan Cleary the big fend, wasn't he? And yeah. Just, uh, and I, I felt like it wasn't really made that big of a deal of. His, his try? Yeah. Maybe because he gave the interception away, which was the chat about Cody Walker, I suppose, but... Maybe but, but on that track, yeah, magnificent. And I mean, if I'm, I, I'm sort of surprised that I am and I'm not. But you know, the the, the Clive Churchill medal, the, the man of the match medal. Mm. I mean, if South had won, there was only one winner. But I, I thought he still had a shout of winning it, even though they lost. I just yeah. thought, yeah, he was amazing. The, the pity of it all was it was one mistake he had in the whole game, and yeah. He didn't even need to make that that pass because yeah, Gagai, if, didn't he, he, yeah. he had two on one there, and and Gagai was in into a gap, or uh, Gagai gives it the winger, yeah. and either way they're, they're away. Yeah, yeah, I, I felt I felt sorry for him because I thought he was amazing all game, um, but I, to be honest, I think the difference was Nathan Cleary's right foot. Yeah, just I mean, kicked him to death. I mean, they they forced about five or six. Dropouts, mm. repeat dropouts. I think they got five repeat sets. I think they yeah. got, and yeah, and he's, throughout and, the game, and he. But not just that, he's kicking the ones where he didn't force a, a set. Mm. They they're either tackling them on their own line, yeah, or they're giving themselves a chance of a try. I mean, to stop Superb, it you know? half a yard before the yeah the, the try line every time, every time. And there was one I think he put up to uh, Jackson Paulo where. As soon as he caught it, he got bundled into touch just because of how good the kick was. Like you can't defend that. No, that's right. No, that's just right. Amazing. He's he's just completely reinvented the the kicking game. And you know there was some these high bombs that they spilt and and forced them back. You know five yards 
But then as soon as whoever it was that recovered the ball, they were pushed over the line and it was a dropout. And then Jonathan Thurston like conversions as well from out wide. Just unbelievable player. Yeah. Twenty three year old. Yeah. Unbelievable. Not only- and his shoulder's still bad. Yeah, because he put off um, an op, didn't he? Yeah. They said he needed an op, but they put it off till the end of the season. I bet they're glad they did that. Well, now, they were they? sort of saying that it, it, you know, he was hanging on by a thread because he's not playing the same, but basically he's just kicking people to death. Like, his stats aren't great. He had no assists, no line-break assists. He's there for his kicking. But his kicking game, it was like a Cooper Cronk-esque yeah. Yeah. performance. And you know you say he's 23. Yeah. Luai, 24. Yeah. Crichton, 21. Mm. Toto, 23. Yeah. Wow. How old Isaiah Yo? Do you know? Not sure. No, I'm, I'm not, not sure. I don't think he's much older than them if he is. Toto's 23. He's got the biggest back muscles I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. You can see his back when you look at him from the front. Yeah. And then did you see the scenes after the final where he, was, he went and proposed to his, his girlfriend? Yeah, it's lovely, that, wasn't it? Yeah, blood streaming down his face and yeah. everything, yeah. Yeah. Where did, where did he have the ring? In his sock. Right. I don't know. Not like Someone must have shirt. just... Yeah, of course they have. Told him. I just like the thought that like he probably had it in his shorts or something and just, just whipped it out. Yeah. The, the ring. The, that yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I mean, how's he gone? How's he? How's he gone into a grand final? Had an amazing game, like. But then he must be thinking during the game, if I'm we pro- win, I'm proposing yeah. after this. Like, how's he focused on that game? I don't know. Amazing, yeah. but an amazing character. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You see him rock up to the press conference, the 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 pregame press conference in a wheelchair. No, I did feel- because he had an ankle injury, didn't he? Yeah. So he rocked up to the press conference being pushed in in a, in a wheelchair just to sort of like have a joke, have a laugh. Did he really? Yeah, to sort of like freak people out. He could uh, he could <clears throat> play for Samoa as well in next year's World Cup. I mean, I'd be surprised if he did because... Well, there, there was pictures at the end, weren't there, of them all posing with a Samoa flag, weren't there, about five or six of them? Yeah, I suppose it just comes down to how they feel... The relig- where the allegiance lies yeah. and, you know... What they feel inside of the families and things like that, isn't it? You know, if I had, you know, <clears throat> Scottish heritage or, or Welsh or something, I I might... If I thought I had a chance of playing for him, I might not do it because I don't really feel Scottish or Welsh mm. or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, it all yeah. depends how they feel. But at the end of the day, they're going to get to play International Rugby League yeah. for, for someone, aren't they? Yeah, Um do you see the Wayne Bennett press conference after? He's brilliant, isn't he? Yeah, phenomenal. Just one word answers. It's just like... He hates them, doesn't he? The press. Yeah. Yeah. But, right, at the same time, he's just lost a grand final and they're going, so you're going to be coach of this expansion team? Is there an expansion team? And he's like, don't ask me what that now. What are you now. doing? Don't ask me that what now. You, like... Yeah, I know. I know. Get out. Well, there is a difference, though, in the Australian journalists and the British journalists in, in their line of questioning. Yeah, they are more a lot more ruthless. Or, yeah, a lot like. more blunt. Yeah, a lot more. Should we say football like over here? Yeah, they're not say? afraid to ask questions, are they? But there's a time and a place to ask certain questions. Yeah, and um, 
Yeah, and he, he's just really said, and he just like just. I mean, they tried to press him on Cody Walker, didn't they? They were trying to get him to blame him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then and then Reynolds as well. Yeah, and Latrell. Yeah, do you think he would have made a difference? Think he, do you think he was the um, missing thing? I, I'm possibly. Not, I'm not sure, but I think Taft did. Yeah, quite a good job. Um, yeah, they were trying to. I mean, the Panthers are that good defensively. It's hard to say, but yeah. you know, it's like Wayne Bennett. So, you know, they said would Latrell have made a difference? He said we didn't play, so yeah, they were trying matter. to. They were trying to put the uh, blame on um, on somebody. They were trying to get him to blame somebody, weren't they? Yeah, and, and, and he wasn't day, having it, was he? No, at the end of the day, it's just rugby league. Well, he said, they asked him, didn't they, about Reynolds, and they said, what about his groin? Did that stop him from getting that conversion from the touchline or the drop going? He went, listen, he said, he missed from the conver- he missed the conversion, that he would have got nine times out of ten, mm. and the drop goal, he scuffed it, end of story. Yeah. But what a game, uh, and what a game. Big changes for the Bunnies next year as well. Massive changes. So that'll be interesting to see. No Bennett, no Reynolds, Yeah. no Gagai. Yeah, he's going to the Knights, isn't he? Yeah, no Marshall. That's not, I know that's not as big, but surely he's had an impact. influence. He's had an know, impact this year on the training, and he's yeah. he's played his part. Oh yeah, he's played his part. Yeah, he's played his part, no doubt. But yeah. uh, maybe they'll yeah. get, maybe they'll get Greg Inglis back. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, the halfback combination will be interesting. Whether they play Milf at seven, and I would think because so. you can't play Walker at seven. No, I would think that's what they'll do, and it seems silly that the. They've had a really, really good half-back partnership that's really flourished this year, and now they're just breaking it up. Mm. And, I, and I, I believe it's because they wouldn't give Reynolds three years, and uh, and yet they're saying with Walker, we want him to stay as long as he wants to. He wants to stay, which is really odd, I think. Yeah, very odd. And I, I don't even think Reynolds was asking for mega money. No, I think he just wanted the two years at least. And I think he wanted two. He wanted three ideally, but I'm sure he would have settled for, for two and they only offered him a year. Yeah. So, well, there you go. Yeah. You call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife, that's a spoon. Right, on to news. And the breaking news, big breaking news today, is the... New lineup from Wigan Warriors and the coaching setup, and I'm delighted that we've got our resident Wigan fan Johnny with us. Johnny, hello, you all right? Yes, good, thank you. Um, are you excited about the new uh, the new lineup? I am, yeah, actually. I didn't. I mean, obviously, it's been rumoured for a while that um, Wayne was coming back and uh, Matty Pete was going to take over, but I think. I think Lee Breeze is quite an exciting one for me. I didn't uh, expect that, and it's only come about the last couple of days. But uh, I think he, you know, he's got a lot to offer. He's been around Super League for a long time, and he's been assisting at Warrington for the last few years. But no, I think he's uh, a good little addition to the team. They've all got something to offer. It's a good blend of experience and uh, a bit of new blood coming in as well. So I think between them all, they've all got something they can offer. You know, Breeze can help out the likes of Harry Smith and. Hopefully, get that attack going a bit more next year. Yeah, I, su- I suppose in one way, um, it's it's good for them in one way because I suppose even though they even though they made uh, the playoffs, um, there's only one way up, really, isn't there? Because it was such a disappointing end to the season. Oh yeah, I mean, he was, 
like you said, they managed to, to nail fourth on, but that playoff game against Leeds was pretty poor. In no disrespect to Leeds, I don't think they've been a great team this year, and they were they showed against uh, against Saints that they were they weren't much of a challenge, and we could have easily we should have easily beaten them, but we didn't have <laughs> literally anything in the tactic offer. So I think it, this change, you know, this this change has happened, and. From what I've seen, knocking around on social media, it seems to be generally positive. Most people are looking forward to it. And I was reading through Matty Pete's credentials today, actually, and I didn't actually realise what like he'd done as much as he had done. I didn't realise he'd worked with Libraries before in the England Academy. Okay. So they, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say I don't know too much about you know Matt Pete, nah. but. Uh... Everybody, I, 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 you know, because it's not been a very well kept rumor. I don't think, has it? Like you said before. So, um, but you see, you know, like you say, everybody seems to talk um, very highly of him. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's been around Wigan for a while. I mean, he went off to sale for a little bit as well. But he's worked a lot. He's plied his trade on the show and Wayne, and I think Wayne will come in and sort of might hold the hold his lead for a couple of weeks or months and. They might pull a few strings, but I think over time it'll sort of let him sort of settle in rather than throw him in at the deep end like Adrian Lamb was. He's only been there a year, but no. uh, yeah, I think it's more of a, a long term uh, thing rather than a quick fix. And I think it's quite good. There's a lot of Wigan lads in there as well. Uh, you know the setup. Obviously, I mean, when he's back again, it's it's only good things. He's you know the most successful coach of it. Super League era, anyway, so it can only be good things in coming back to. So, do you think he'll, he'll have a Sean Wayne will have a big impact and then sort of you know fade away after you know what a season or so? I'm not too sure. I think he, I mean he, he, he's sort of. I think he'll have more of a role than his title suggests. I think he'll he'll be in and around, and like so he might he might sort of stick around a couple of years and. Uh, and fade into the background a little bit more, and and let Matty Pete, you know, when he's got he's got control of it all a bit more, mm-hmm. he might sort of either leave or just sort of have less involvement and focus more on England. Well, Obviously, we don't know where where that's going to go with international rugby league, but no it's but, story that. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's because a, it's a very vague title, isn't it? Leadership and management director. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he's going to like he'll oversee things. And, yeah. So make sure he's doing things right, but I mean, like I said, his, his record speaks for itself, doesn't it? Yeah, I I wonder if that title is a bit deliberately, I wouldn't say misleading, but should we say vague, so it doesn't yeah. so it doesn't interfere with the England <coughs> side of things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like years ago, when Brian Noble he coached uh, Bradford and then Wigan and Great Britain as well, didn't he? So, but I think it will be more of a background role. I think he'll. It won't like be a full season long thing. I think when he takes camps in mid season or whatever, I don't think that'll impact things too much. No. And then come the end of the season, obviously, he's got to prep for for the World Cup yeah. uh, and things like that. So I don't think it'll impact things like that as it would if he was a coach. Yeah. Uh, so I think they can just they can sort of leave Matthew Peake to get on with uh, things like that. Yeah. And you must be pleased with Sean O'Loughlin um, remaining in the fold. Oh yeah, I mean Lockers has been probably the best player I've ever seen. I mean, sort of got the back end of Andy Farrell uh, 
when I first started watching Wigan. But I can remember anyway. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's always good to have somebody like that proving the leader. He's won team grand finals, and it's always good to have somebody like that around. Yeah, absolutely. What, what do you think the um, the priorities of the new coaching team will be in 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 regards to strengthening the team? Um, I think well, they, they've spoken about they? that um, fans for there's money available on the cap for a, another half back. Uh, I know Jacob Miller was rumoured at one point. I wouldn't mind him. I think he's a, a decent player. So I think they probably look to strengthen uh, and the priority for the season. I think he's probably just to play a bit more attacking rugby because it's been a bit more last couple of years. Really, it's not been. Not been good to watch at all. If he can get like the Bevan French fit again and Jay Field, there's two big entertaining players who we didn't see at all last year, really. So they'd be like two new signings. Yeah, with, with plenty of pace there as well with that. Oh, yeah. Partnership, yeah. And, yeah. And also Tommy Luluai signed a new deal as well, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. 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 I, mean, I think it didn't go down too well with a lot of people that, but I mean, again, he, he's an old head, he's an experienced body to have around there. I think last year they, they aimed for him to be more of like an interchange hooker role. And, you know, Harry Smith maybe not featuring as much as he did, but sort of learning off him maybe. But I think it's always good to have an older player around like that, especially if it is as an interchange hooker rather than relying on him to be your, your main source of attack. Mm. Maybe they'll come in for Stanley Jean next. What has... Where do you see the, the Harry Smith um, thing going, Johnny? Because he seemed to come in for a, a lot of stick off Wigan fans last season. Yeah, I mean, I, I was one of those people, to be honest. I mean, he, he's not really done it for me, but then you've got to remember sometimes he's only 20 or 21, so yeah. he's still really quite young. And Wigan's always going to have this expectation of a number seven. I mean, you know, they're, they're going to have to perform. Um and I think he's got to you got to cut him a bit of slight, really, because he he struggled in a a poor team last year. It's easy coming in. I mean, you look at Lewis Dodd Saints. It's a lot easier going into a team that's winning every week and doing well and winning trophies. But when you're coming in, um, not a lot of confidence and teams not really doing that well. It's a lot harder to do. But I think if you can keep going and we can maybe bring somebody in learn off Tommy Lillowai and um, sort of step up his game a bit next year. I don't see any reason why he can't be a success. Mm. Yeah, and finally, we're going to discuss this um, later in the pod, but one of your um, uh, one of your uh, uh, Wigan legends, Sam Tompkins, having a good night at the uh, at the Man of Steel. Have you any, any thoughts on that? I think he's well-deserved. I think he's been the best player in the comp this year. It's good to see him get back to his best. I've always thought he's... He's always been up there as the most skillful player. I've seen somebody say on Twitter today that he's or yesterday that he's the best fullback Super League's ever had, and it's hard to disagree with that. Really, I think and people again, Wigan fans say, "Oh, we let him go, we let him go." But the circumstances around that, we had a lot of fullbacks yeah. coming. Hardacre was coming in for the year after. Uh, it was right the right time for him to go. I think so. There's no sort of lost or anything but he's good to see him getting back to the form he was in before he went to the NRL really because he's been phenomenal this year yeah, yeah that's quite right and uh, 
Just before you go, Johnny, uh, who do you want to win the grand final? (laughs) 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 Hmm. You asked that one, really. (laughs) Well, let's phrase it another way. Who do you think will win the grand final? Give us a give us some give us a prediction. Uh, See, I mean, uh, my head says Saints are going to crop it again, and my heart says Catalans are going to do it, but. I mean, they've been the best team all year, Catalan. They deserve it. They really do. And it'd be good to see a different team win it for change. Yeah, brilliant. Well, listen, (laughs) over the winter now, obviously, we'll keep an eye on on happenings at Wigan and sign-ins and things like that. And uh, we will speak to you over the winter as things happen and and before the start of next season, if that's okay. Yeah, no worries. Well, listen, thank you for your time and thanks for coming on. And uh, uh, excellent as always, Johnny. No worries. Come on, the Catalans at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. See you later. Thanks, bye, bye, bye. Well, there we have it. Johnny, the voice of the Wigan fan, sounding very optimistic about the new coaching setup and the season ahead. Well, it's true because he was practically suicidal at the end of Adrian Lamb's reign, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't um, a good time for. The Wigan fans there, was it? No, but uh, he's, uh, that, that announcement today seems to have uh, breathed new life into the support. Well, you know, it's, it, it's, it's like you said, the only way is he's up for them, really. Albeit they finished fourth and, you know, made the playoffs. It, it didn't really feel like that, did it? No, no, that's right. Um, some other bits of news uh, today. Um, this says a lot, you know. At the Dog and Partridge in Eccles... Uh, in near Salford, half past six on Friday evening, um, there's a farewell to Jackson Hastings from the Salford fans. Yes, I saw that. And, ja- uh... and Jacko was going along, and you can have your picture taken with him. Be a bit weird if he wasn't going along, would it? Just <laughs> <laughs> it would though, wouldn't it? It'd be like a wake, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh... Just a picture there, and people telling stories about it. Yeah, it'd just be a bit weird, wouldn't it? It would, but you can have your picture taken with him. Not like in a frame, the real one, right? Um, and um, um, and just you know, uh, say bye bye before he goes back to Australia. Yeah, uh, and uh, do you know what? I, I know we've we've um, we've praised Jackson Hastings a lot on this program, haven't we? But um, he says a lot for Salford and their fans that, like you know, a couple of years after he's left, <clears throat> he's still doing a farewell. Shows the impact that he had there. Absolutely. Um... You know, good you know for them. No, I mean, how many other players have left teams for what you would, you know, maybe call a rival team, and and then when he's going back home or retiring or whatever, they're having a farewell party for him. Yeah, it just doesn't happen. I think I think he's the best player a lot of them fans have ever seen. Probably, yeah, yeah. I believe next month there's um, uh, Roy Asatazi. Um, <laughs> Comeback party in Warrington, I think. <laughs> Are you on your way, Roy? That would be a wake. <laughs> Can you imagine it, though? He's not here. Roy, are you on your way? Oh, I'm not coming. Like <laughs> the World Cup. <laughs> but, yeah, so I uh, hope that goes well, guys. That's uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, a really good event. And if you if you fancy going meeting Jackson Hastings, then... Uh, uh, Dog and Partridge in Eccles on Friday evening is the place to be. Definitely. Um, a little bit of transfer news. Uh, George Lawler has left Hull KR to Castleford. 
Good signing for Cass, isn't it? Yeah, and when you but look at... I think at, more importantly, a big, big loss for, for LKR. Yeah, yeah, he's been good this year in the back row there, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, and also for Cass, you know, when you look at that then, that means as well as Lawler, uh, they've signed Mamo, uh, Faimaro, uh, Kenny Edwards, mm. uh, Joe Westerman. Yeah. Uh, that's the fifth, what I'd call, really profile signing amongst, you know... Yeah, you know, looking like they were going to need a, a big rebuild. They look like they've done the majority of it already. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, two-year extension uh, coming out this week for Andre Savelio at Hull FC. Yeah, I, I, I can never really make my mind up on him. I think he has got better over the last 12, 18 months or so. Lost his way... After um, leaving Saints. Going to the NRL. Yeah. And then came back to Warrington, didn't he? Yeah, didn't really do a lot. I think they only offered him 12 months and didn't renew it. And yeah. then, to be fair, he's, he's, he's done all right at Hull. Um, but I keep expecting him to be one of the best back rowers in the, the league. He and had that potential when he left for the NRL. Yeah, and it doesn't, you know, I hope he can do it, you know, now. I don't, he's still only young and, it's, you know, he's still got plenty of time. Hull must see something in him to offer him a, a new two-year deal then. Would have thought so. But, you know, like you say, if it was 12 months, you'd be thinking, mm, they're just gambling on that, I think. Yeah. But for two years, they must do, yeah. Yeah. And one thing that I don't get bits of news this week coming up, we, we reported last week about the um, the Melbourne Storm players on Mad Monday, didn't we? Yeah. With their um, little bag of washing powder or whatever it was. Apparently, when they asked Cameron, uh, well, Munn, they still said an unknown white unknown substance. white substance. <laughs> yeah. When they asked Cameron Munster about it, did you see what his answer was? Uh, no, I didn't. I can't recall. <laughs> Fair play. Yeah, no they, comment. They, no comment. But they've been banned for one match. Yeah, it doesn't. I didn't expect that at all. Maybe it's because it's after the season. I think I remember reading. You know when Ben Barber come over? Yeah. Um, obviously, he, the Super League said that they were going to uphold the twelve-week NRL ban. Yeah, um, and and I remember, I think um, it was St. Ellen's, whoever it was at St. Ellen's or whoever it was that was writing about it, said that if we'd have done that, I don't know how much truth in this and whether or whether this is actually still the rule. But they said if he did because he did it after their grand final got caught after the yeah the Sharks won, didn't he? In uh, 2016, was it? Think, uh, yes, I think it was, yeah. Um, and they said if he'd have done that over here after the grand final, he wouldn't have got any ban whatsoever because it's not a performance-enhancing drug. I don't, I don't think that's the point, to be quite No, honest. I'm not saying that that is the point. Um, I think you're a professional athlete. But the way the NRL is... Mm. I would. I was expecting a big, you know, yeah. six, eight week, yeah, maybe even twelve, like Barber, yeah. Um, yeah. and I mean the fines are big. I mean, Joel Monaghan got banished out around the world just from an animal lover. Yeah, he loved them a bit too much, though, <laughs> yeah. didn't he? So did Mitchell Pierce. Well, that's the that's the comparison they're making. That yeah, you know the the Mitchell Pierce thing. He got hammered and pretended to bum a dog. Like, <laughs> yeah, but he did. He didn't like. So I, so I remember seeing the video. He was like clothed and everything. He was just hammered and messing about with his dog and just, yeah, was like pretending to. 
Okay. And got like cop this massive ban. It, that was an overreaction. I think this is um, an underreaction, if that's a thing. Uh, it's just not harsh enough for me. Same with Brandon yeah. Smith. So it, it seems to depend on the value of the player at somewhere along the line. He's also been he's had more harsher punishment from his own club. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been told to stay off booze for twelve months. Yeah, that's that's which which seems a bit silly to me. It's going to be difficult for him. That I think. Isn't it? Well, apparently, he's done it before, it, but you would think that you know the specialists or whoever were at this rehab. Yeah. would be saying this is what you need to do. You would think you wouldn't think that the storm would say this is what you're doing. I don't know. It just seems like it's not really their I, decision I think, to make that. I think they've been seen to take some action, haven't they? I think that's what it what it is. Isn't yeah, it? whether he doesn't or asked to or not, whether I would just say this. Yeah, I don't know, but um, he's had a few problems with alcohol before, hasn't he? And yeah, um, and now some washing. I, I just think with the whole stuff, I just think the the drug stuff. I'm just thinking, you know, you're a professional athlete. You know, why why are you putting stuff like in your body anyway and they go, oh, they have to relax and this and that. Why, why can't they just relax with beer nowadays? Spoken like someone who's never done it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. No, I know what you're saying. Like you say, they, these have got away with it, but what, you know, look at, you know, Ben Barber and stuff, that could have happened to to them and all of a sudden their, their NRL career's gone. You know, is is the alcohol not enough of a release for them? That's what I mean. I just don't understand it, mate. You just have to be like, I can't do that because I'm risking too much. Yeah. They need better mates anyway. You mean rather than people that film it yeah. and, and then send it out there? Yeah, I'm not saying they should do it, but don't have people filming it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, it just seems an odd one to me. But yeah, I, I feel like they've got away with that. Right, I think it's, I think it's time. Is it time for? Uh, is it? Is it time for the main man himself? It certainly is. It's body stats of the week. That's right. the The main man himself is here again, and he's on the phone. How are you, Bobby? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> he does that every week. I'm still it's his catchphrase. It is, isn't it? Do the line. I like it. Do the line. Told you it was good. Yeah. <laughs> are you well? I'm very well. Are you? Very good. Yes. What are you up to tonight, Bobby? Uh, got uh, got a darts match tonight. Darts match. Very good. Yeah. It's no dirty dancing, but you know it's something to do. <laughs> uh, maybe you could pirouette down the hockey or something <laughs> yeah that'd be good uh, have we got some stats this week we have indeed and how many we, do we have, have six okay let's go with stat number one then okay so stat number one is nathan cleary became only the fourth captain to ever win the Clive Churchill medal. All right. Who are the others? Uh, now? Yeah, the other three are Andrew Johns, Scott Prince, and Jonathan Thurston. All halfbacks. Scott Prince was good. Mm. Yeah. Very He's one of those ones you forget about, isn't he? Yeah, but he was good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a like that one. Good start, that. 
Thank you. Let's hope we've not peaked on stack one. <laughs> All right, go on, <laughs> the number two. Let's hope so. Um, Penrith Panthers back three of Dylan Edwards, Brian Toho, and Stephen Crichton all ran for a combined total of 675 metres in the grand final. That was more than the entire South Sydney back line of one to seven. Wow. Mm. Shows how well Dion Ginn really to only lose 14-12, which is what we were saying on the NRL review before, wasn't it? Mm. Good start. Mm. Okay. Start number Uh, three. Sticking with uh, that, that off, off the back of that stat, uh, part of those 675 metres was made up by Dylan Edwards uh, with his 230 metres. Uh-huh. Uh, but it was now been revealed that he's played the last month of rugby league with a broken foot. Wow. 230 metres is pretty impressive, isn't it? And a broken foot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's impressive without one, I think. Yeah. But yeah, he literally went from the grand final to the after party and had these uh you know those little grey boots that you have on when you when you break your foot. Oh the moon boots. Yeah, that's it, the moon boot. Oh yeah, I thought you meant wellies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number four. Um so number four is I think we've mentioned this one in, in the past a little bit, but um, it still surprised me. So uh, this time last year, when the Man of Steel odds uh, were first announced, uh, a lot of companies priced uh, the winner this year, Sam Tompkins, at 100 to 1 to win the award. He did eventually drop to 20 to 1 after a lot of people placed bets on him at 100 to 1. However, he is the highest priced winner of the award upon the first initial pricing. Okay. Well, surprised he was ever hundred to one. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Some of the players, mm. you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, what are we on now? Number five. Number five. Uh, uh, number five is Saint Helens women can become the first team since Thato Heath in two thousand and sixteen to complete the treble if they are to win this Sunday against the Leeds Rhinos women. Okay. Most of them played for that. So I was going to say, it's not really much. Probably a better much same team. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the last one? The last one. I, I like this. I like this last one. Um, so since 2006, a player in the fullback position has won the Man of Steel Award every three years. Since what year, sorry? Since 2006. Right. So that's like 9, 12, 15, 18, yeah. and now 21. Yeah. Okay. But now they've never, but they've, never had a, they've never had a winner in that position in between those years. Right. All mm-hmm. right. Well, have you, got the, so, have you got the names? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Paul Wellens won it in 2006. Yeah. Uh, Brett Hodgson in 2009. Sam Tompkins in 2012. Zach Hardacre in 2015, Ben Barber in 2018, and then Sam Tompkins again in 2021. Excellent. Excellent. Good stuff. So we need to bet for in 2024. I was just going to say, we'll just bet on four bets in 2024, <laughs> yeah. aren't we? Yeah. yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Cheat the system. Yeah, Brilliant. Exactly. Well was, that, done. was that the last one? That was the last one. Okay. Interesting one. Uh, and we've had one guest on uh, already tonight, Bobby, and seems we've got you on before you go. Uh, do you want to give us a prediction for the grand final this week? Uh, yeah, I think it will be. A, I think it 
first and foremost, I think it'll be a really good game. Uh, looking really looking forward to it. But uh, I think that Saints will learn from the errors at Magic Weekend, and I think they'll be a bit stronger this time. I think they'll hold out and win by uh, ten points. Okay, thank you very much. So no worries. Until next week. Yes, we say, uh, as they would say in Catalan, au revoir. <laughs> au revoir. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby. No worries. Have a good rest of the show, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye now. Bye. It's Bobby's stats of the week. Well, some interesting stats there. Yeah, some good ones there, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. I'm surprised he found that many, to be honest, with the amount of games that have been played. Yeah, next week's going to be a test for a minute. I'll be surprised if he had, any. <laughs> we'll say, how many have you got this week? Uh, just one? Yeah, <laughs> it better be a good one. Well, uh, I think, so, so far with our guests, uh, Johnny's predicted a Catalan's win. Yep. And Bobby's predicted a Saints win by 10. Yes. Uh, and shortly, we'll come on to our... Uh, third and final guest for the week, Gray. But before we do that, we're going to go on to the uh, semi-finals. Um, before we get going, we're going to talk about the first semi-final uh, on last Thursday, which was uh, Catalan 28, Hull KR 10. Yeah. <laughs> I think Hull KR were their own worst enemy for a lot of the game. Couldn't keep hold of the ball. They just thought they dropped a lot of ball. They looked a bit panicky. Um... Just like they were trying to score on every tackle, and I, I don't know, it just felt one game too far for them, unfortunately. You see, <clears throat> I've heard that put about this week, the, the one game too far, and I must say I don't agree, because I think they were just awful. I think they say probably their worst performance for the last half of the season in that game. I don't think it was a game too far. I just think that they just were their own worst enemy. I think they just bottled it. Yeah? I think they bottled it. Um, you right. know, Will Dagger dropped a couple of bombs and they got tries off, off two of them, didn't they? The the, yeah. the, the opener for um, Garcia, Garcia and yeah. then the, the one just after half-time for Morg. That was a killer. That that did kill them. Because that was right because in the first just, minute. Because just got back into the game with that try and half-time. I think through, I made it 12-4, didn't it? Through Kenny Dowell, yeah. yeah. And then to, to come out and to concede in the first minute or, the, or, or you know, off the first set uh, was a killer. Your half-time plans and your team talk and everything has just gone with yeah, it like 40 every, seconds. Yeah, you might as well have not had a, a, a team yeah. talk there. I think um, for Hull K, I think the difference was, in my opinion, I think the week before against Warrington, they weren't expected to do anything. No. And it was a bit of a bonus, and they played really well. And because they played really well and won, was it 19-0? Yeah. The expectations amongst perhaps their own fans and the team and the club perhaps grew a lot through the week to think, do you know what, actually, now we can really do this. Yeah. And yeah, now we're possibly. 80 minutes away from Old Trafford. We can do it. Whereas the week before, I don't think they, they, they went in with not a lot to lose, I don't think. Yeah. And this week, I think they had a different... Even though they were even though they were still underdogs, I thought they had a different mindset with it. It wasn't... 
Yeah, uh, yeah, because like you say, the, the the first week against Warrington, it's just a bit like, well, well, we'll turn up, throw the ball about, see what happens. Nobody's expecting us to win. And it's stuck. Yeah, whereas the second week, it's like, actually, we're 80 minutes away from Old Trafford here now. We need to, we can't do that again. And once they went, they went 12-0 down, didn't they? Mm. They tried to even force the issue even more. Yeah. Whereas they didn't need to because they still had bags and bags of time. Yeah. They just couldn't keep hold of it. And, and, and like you say, the 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 two tries off the dropped bombs were were killers. Yeah. Absolute killers. Um and on the flip side of that for Catalans, you've got players there who've been in that position in big games, probably a lot more than that whole KR team. Yeah. I tell you what, Josh Drinkwater is deceptively quick, isn't he? I, I'm, I'm, I've never seen him have that pace before. I mean, I've never really seen. He does. He's not that kind of scrum half, is he? He's a kicker and an organizer, but uh, he's got a bit of summit in him there, hasn't he? Showed a clean pair of heels then, didn't he? When he, he when he went did. eighty meters, yeah, definitely did. And let's not forget, they did this with Sam Tompkins out as well. Yeah, yeah, no doubt he'll play um, Saturday at Old Trafford. It'd be a major shock if he didn't. Yeah. Yeah, major shock. Um, what was good to see were, was the um, the sold-out notices mm. at the Gilles Brutus Stadium. Yeah. Um, you know, expansion's working, in it? And, and, and success breeds fans, I think. Yeah, and I think that's great for, like, you know, like, um, to lose of... of I'm not saying they jumped on the back of that, but no. But I know, think there's an excitement in, in and a buzz around, and they themselves uh, are now this week in the million pound game. Yeah, against um, Featherston. Fev, yeah, so, and I, I, it would be a surprise to me if Toulouse didn't make that step up, and then we we've got two French teams in Super League. Yeah, it would surprise me. I, you know, I'm not saying that that Fev aren't a good side and that they can't win that game because they they definitely can. Um, but the way to lose have gone about the business all season um, is pretty incredible. So, you know, some of the score lines they've put on people. Yeah, but so are Fev. It, honestly, it, it, I mean, I know when they met earlier in the season at Fev, it, it was a bit lopsided, wasn't it, to, to lose? But uh, in a final like that, you would expect it to be quite um, a, a tight affair. To be honest, I think either side would be an asset to Super League next year. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. And I think the lot. Of, I think either of them will offer more than the team that's going down. I think. I think both of them offer more than some Super League clubs now. Yeah. So. Yeah. So let's see. So, um, so that that sealed. Um, that sealed Catalan's uh, place in the final, which left then the second semi-final between Saints and Leeds. And on that note, uh, I'm delighted to say we've got our second guest of the night, and we've got our resident Gray. Uh, Gray, shall I start again? Yeah, our resident Saints fan, Gray. Gray, thank you for joining us tonight. Pleasure. Always good to be here. We've just said. Uh, we've, we're going to look at the grand final shortly, but we just want to do um, a little bit of uh, a little bit of review on uh, Saints thirty four, Leeds eight, uh, which got Saints there uh, for the big game this week. What were your thoughts? Um, I, I don't think I was ever really worried during the game. I, I, I expected Saints to win the game. I, 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 
I've not seen much of Leeds this season that would have made me think that we were going to lose to them. There's always the there's always the kind of history and the thought that you know Leeds might win it from fifth again, but I, I never really thought it was going to happen. I thought it was a really decent performance from us. I think I think when we last spoke before the Challenge Cup, I said I wasn't really happy with the way we were playing. I think we played better in the second half of the year. I think. Um, Having Lewis Dodd at halfbacks made a lot of difference. I think we controlled the game. I think we worked really hard. I, th- I think we were really unlucky not to be further ahead at halftime. Mm-hmm. Leeds hung in from, you know, maybe a few missed opportunities or a couple of uh, refereeing decisions. But we, we were always in command. Um, you know, if you play the team that finishes fifth, and I think the, the the gap in quality between us and the team in fifth showed over eighty minutes, and I think it was a good performance. I don't think we. I don't think we went all out really. I thought we had a had a lot more in the tank if we'd have needed it, but we really didn't need it. No, that's right. Just on that point that you mentioned there about Dodd, it's not it's not very often, is it, that you can see a team that loses their first choice scrum half and then probably improve their performances over the uh, over that that ensuing period. Yeah, well, I, I'm one of the I think I'm one of the group that really, really, really likes Teo Farge, but never thought he was a never thought he was a seven. Thought he was more of a nine. Um, so whilst I didn't want to see him get injured, it was terrible for him to get injured. Bringing Dodd in, I, I thought would improve us in terms of um, having a proper number seven. There, even though he's young, even though he's got loads to learn, I think we've seen that. And I think there was a there was obviously a hesitancy to move Farge out because you know we've won the league under Farge, and um, Wolf likes to play a certain style of play. But I, I think it's really massively benefited. And I wasn't massively worried when Dodd came into the team. I thought it would take him a little bit of a while to get used to the style of play, but. Not been surprised by how he's done. I think he's a, I think he's a good player. He's going to be a really good player for a long time. Mm. Well, another player who has been... Well, I've wrote the word monstrous down is Alex Wormsley. And just the form he's been in has, has been amazing. Agreed. Um, you think you think teams actually um, pinpoint him. You know, that, that was what I would do. Mm. You know, wear Wormsley out. Make sure he doesn't get big yards. You know, if he wants to go full out for the first 20, kind of, you know, stay in the game and uh, see what happens when Wormsley goes off. And and, and you, you imagine teams pinpoint him and it doesn't work. It just, <laughs> he, he just still does what he wants to do. And I, I think he I think he lasted nearly 30, didn't he, on um, Friday night? In his first before, stint, yeah. Yeah, before he went off. And, you know, he, he, it's it's really funny. I was, uh, I was saying, you know, the, the, the fact that he's got a sidestep seems to bamboozle everyone, you know. <laughs> This this fella runs at you and he does a little sidestep off to the left and people are on the backsides they, they don't know they don't know what's going on a, you know a, you know a, a talented prop forward who's got a sidestep seems to be um you know gold yeah. in this league at the moment. I, I mean I I said on I've said on the pod last week that he he would be my man of steel. Mm. Um, I think the the voting system works against him, but I think he's just and then that that level yeah. of performance that he put in last week. I think he he put, when I've seen him, he seems to put that in most weeks. We went for years, didn't we? Where the Man of Steel was um, sorted out by a group or some kind of a closed shop, and people were saying it's not fair, it's not fair. You just pick in like the big players, blah blah blah. And we went to the system that had been used by I think was it League Express did the um, I can't remember the name of the system that they use where you give points every week, and it really does favour halfbacks. Yeah. Um, or you know the kind of the ball playing flair players in the in the centre of the park because you know Alex Wormsley plays well yeah Alex Wormsley plays every well every week he's not the man of the match and that's the attitude every week he's a he's a seven or eight out of ten every week and 
You know, you look at Lomax. Lomax had a really decent first half of the season. Don't think he's been that good second half. He's been injured, obviously, but he was out for a while. But, you know, for, for Johnny Lomax to be on the shortlist for Man of Steel, you know, I, I don't think that was particularly, didn't particularly show off the merits of the system. Um, yeah, Warmsley's, Warmsley's been one of the best three players in the league this year, um, but he's not a halfback. He's a prop forward and he's suffered as a result, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think I said, um, about Lomax on the pod last week, I you know, I don't think it's been his best season. I thought that you know these last twenty twenty and twenty nineteen were were excellent. So I think you're right in you know yeah. the way the well, system said, is. Yeah. I said to you on Twitter, didn't I? Um, when Lomax went down, and I'm, I'm losing track of time, and I said stick Wellsby at six, stick Wellsby and Dodd six and seven, leave him there for the season. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more kind of natural flair yeah. and ability, and I'd even put Lomax back at one, but. That's obviously not what we're going to do. Lomax is going to be at number six for 2022 and beyond. But I, I'd have I'd have kept Wellsby and Dodd there and just let them go with it. You yeah. know, we're a good we're a good team. We were always probably going to finish top two. You know, we've lost a couple of games along the way. We could afford to lose games. Let them bed in. I think they're a better option long term. But that's that's another that's another debate. I think. Yeah, and one thing I did want to talk to you about, Gray, was the um, was the four yellow cards that were in this game. Hmm. Um, I mean, to me, one, the first one, the Briscoe one, could have easily been a red. Yeah, um, agreed. So that could have been a red, so that's definitely a yellow. And then, to me, the other three weren't even yellows. I don't know what you thought of them. No, I agree. The Briscoe one could have been a red. I think he probably got away with it because of um, the position he plays. I think if a, I think if a prop forward or second row would have launched him with a high challenge like that, he might have been in a little bit more trouble. Um, the Metautia one, I, I don't know what he can do. I, I find that I find that ridiculous when someone slips or is going down, and you've got your arm in a natural place. I, I'm not sure what you can do with that. Yeah. The Morgan Knowles one, yeah, I, I, you, you could make an argument that he knew what he was doing, and he and you know, and he, and he left his shoulder in late. There was no head contact, so obviously there was no there was no um, there was no ban. That was a right decision. But I kind of see the kind of see the justification in that because I think he knew what he was doing, and he left the shoulder in late. Um, and maybe they didn't know where he'd hit. Maybe they thought he'd made contact with the head and they thought it was a late challenge. Um, the other one, yeah, again, you know, uh, 50-50 call. But, yeah, the, the only one that I thought was was a definite yellow stroke red card was the was the first one by Briscoe. The other three were, were touch and go, and it depends on the referee, I suppose. But, yeah, the Metaltia one definitely wasn't. That was, that was, that was you know, that was nothing. No, so, yeah. No, well, I'm, I'm really pleased for him personally, that he didn't cop any ban or anything because he already missed the Challenge Cup final. Yeah, um, indeed. So, you know, if he'd, have got a, if he'd got another ban through that, that it would have been tragic for the lad. So, mm-hmm. um, you yeah, know, makes, you, like, makes you wonder why you bother, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah you exactly. play for Saints and can't play any of the final. It's yeah. um, quite soul-destroying. Yeah. Brilliant. So, I think um, if we move on to the this week's game, the uh, the big dance is in town on Saturday. And uh, I think this will be a, a lot tougher game, Gray. Oh, you'd, you'd imagine so. You'd, you'd hope so as well. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want Saints winning a grand final thirty six eight. It'd be fun on the day, but you know, I kind of like it to be at least a. I want one v two to be a competitive game. You know, yeah. Um, Catalan have proved that they're a really good team. Um, it's it's a massive challenge. I think I think Saints. As a Saints fan, I'm biased, but I think Saints will win the game. I think we're a better team, one to seventeen. But 
wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't shock me at all if Catalan won the game. No, um, and they've. Uh, I've- I've just read. To, I've just read in the last hour that they've um, they've now filled four planes of fans coming oh. across. What Catalan? Yeah, right. That's good. Yeah, it is, um, and can only be. Well, I suppose, Greg, can only be good news for French rugby league in general. Yeah, I mean, there's the argument that other people make about you know tradition versus expansion, and this isn't expansion for me. This is tradition. This is just tradition in another country, and it's. I'm glad that we're. I'm glad we're finally realising that Perpignan and Toulouse and these other places in the south of France that they, they they they're going to play massive roles in the future of the game and they're not expansion areas they're traditional areas that have been underutilised and um, yeah Catalan have proved that they're a really important part of the league um, yeah and, and them getting to finals is a, is a big 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 thing and and, and you know sorry Featherstone fans but I, I you know I hope Toulouse get promoted as well I, I think it'd be really good to have Toulouse be Catalan twice a year and, I, and I'd stick it on in the magic weekend as well and make it a big deal and see if we can get some French fans coming up for a marquee game yeah. and that magic weekend between them I think that'll be really big and and it just develops rivalries because as I've said to you um, on Twitter you know Catalan are a a, you know, are a big bona fide club in Super League now, but I always worry about how culturally attached they feel to it when they're when they're not playing any other French teams. They're just playing teams in the north of England, and so I always worry about the kind of cultural alienation they may have about playing. You know, Hull and Wigan and Saint Helens. They they realise that these clubs are big clubs, but how how much do they think about them on a day to day basis in the south of France? And I, I'm I, to, for them to have to lose. And if Toulouse then, you know, in two or three years are punching their weight, then third club, fourth club. And that's how you do it, in my opinion. You don't do it by sticking teams in places where there's no fans and there's no interest and remove a Heartlands club. You just move the Heartlands down to the south of France and you realise that there are other clubs there. That's how you do it without it being fake and plastic and, you know, these things will fail much like, you know, other ideas that we've had in the past. You know, south of France is a traditional area and we need to we need to pursue it. And Catalan done a great job. Hopefully Toulouse will as well. And then, you know, third or fourth club, you know, in five or ten years you could have could be a proper European Super League with, you know, four or five French clubs in it. Yeah. No, I I totally agree. And I, and that's a, a much more um if you like organic expansion than than um, than trying to throw uh, money at like New York or Ottawa or Toronto or whatever, isn't it? It's um, yeah, definitely. You know, it's, it's a lot better. And I think you know the, the Derby point you've just said is really good because I know if you like from uh, where you come, you're coming from, Gray, with the Saints' point of view, and it's Derby week and Saints and Wigan, and, and as a fan, you get excited about those games just as Cass will get excited about playing Wakefield, Hull will get excited about playing Hull Car, and so on. And then you know that that Derby week. If it was Toulouse and Catalan, they'd have those same sort of feelings, then, wouldn't they? Well, imagine how you feel. I mean, this is different. It's a grand final, obviously, but imagine how you feel most seasons when Catalan are the opponents, whether you're Saints, Wigan, Leeds, whoever, and Catalan are the team. And you know they're a really good team, and you know they're a top four side, and they know that they could roll up and beat you, but it doesn't enthuse you in the same way that it would do playing Leeds or Wigan or Saints or Hull. And the crowd you get on the day isn't as big either, and that's nothing to do with the away fans. There isn't, and there isn't a natural enthusiasm for playing Catalan because there's a cultural disattachment there between playing teams that you've got history and locality with and another team that plays in France. And they must have that every week. 
You know, it, it's just it's just a natural thing. You know that this team you're playing is good. You know you could lose. You know that it's a you know it's a big team, but you need to have teams in your local area that you have history with, and you know areas that can kind of bash off each other, so to speak. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so just just coming back to the grand final, great. Obviously, it's looking like Sam Tompkins might be back. Uh, that you know they've got people like James Maloney, Tom Davis out wide. Um, Josh Drinkwater. So, where do you see if you know if you if you're Christian Wolf, what's your game plan? How do you get across the line and and and, you know, and end up lifting the trophy come end of eighty minutes? I was looking at this. I was looking at the stats. I, I was really impressed with um, Maloney's um, kicking stats. I mean, he's it's, it's in the high eighties for um, goal kicking. Yeah. So, you know, you, if you if you give penalties away in your own half, he'll kick you to death um, in terms of goal kicking. Drinkwater's really good with the ball in his hand. He's a really good kicker. So winning the possession battle is really important. And um, if you get under the cosh in your own half, they, they will pick off those two points easily with Maloney. And Drinkwater will kick us to death, kick Saints to death. Um, they've got two really good wingers who get loads of yards, good try scorers. So protect the wings. Um, don't give away penalties in your own half. As we always say with grand finals, I mean, who knows what the weather's going to be like? I mean, if it's if it's tipping it down, if it's wet, then Maloney and Drinkwater are going to be massive, aren't they, in terms of their kicking games and winning maybe a, a low-scoring game with their goal kicking and their place kicking. It's uh, that's that's the difficulty. Saints can get on top in the forwards and get the possession and get a lot of ball in Catalan's half. Then Saints, in my opinion, will win the game. But mm-hmm. I think the the, the 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 four main the four main weapons for them in my opinion are the halfbacks and the wingers and Tompkins if you know for them Tompkins will kind of wrap up behind whatever those four do and if Tompkins is having a good game it's off the back of you know Maloney and Drinkwater having a good game as well so um, without them doing the business Tompkins is less effective so it's it's a simple answer really you know don't give away penalties put pressure on the kickers. And um, don't give them width. It's um, I think that will probably apply against a lot of teams, but against these, lot probably more so than ever because they've got really good wingers and really good halfbacks. Yeah. Callum, it seems a question for both of us. Well, Callum first. It seems strange that we're talking about halfbacks and wingers with Catalans because traditionally, when we've spoken about Catalans, it's been the opposite, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean the, the the pack's always been massive, hasn't it? Yeah, and they've still got a pretty big pack now. Um, and, and I suppose it's the same for, for every game really but especially in the grand final I think whichever whichever pack gets on top first and you know early on um, we'll, we'll go on and win mm. you know first 20, 15, 20 minutes I think the the, the forwards for, for either team have to really go out and, and, and try and lay a platform for the you know the likes of Maloney and, and Drinkwater and, and Dodd and Lomax to, to go and work on just on that, both of you, Callum, I'll come to you first. If you were picking a half-back combination <clears throat> for Saturday, would you rather have Dodd and Lomax or Drinkwater and Maloney? Oh, it's a good question. I'd, I'd probably lean towards Maloney and Drinkwater at the minute just because I think uh, Dodd's inexperience and, and, and you know lack of game time against two seasoned professionals um, might not you know I'm not saying it's going to go against him but I think if you were if you were having to pick him you'd pick them too and they, you know they've been phenomenal all season as well so yeah, yeah. Gray? Oh yeah I'd agree I, 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 it's not really an argument for me um, Maloney and drinking water as a 6 and 7 is 
at this point, it's better than Lomax and Dodd as a six and seven. If you had Wellsby and Dodd six and seven, I'd maybe say it was a little bit closer because I think Wellsby and Dodd have a little bit of the X factor. But um, no, in terms of um, experience, kicking game, passing, being able to spot a gap, yeah, I think Maloney and Drinkwater are are the better halfback pairing on the day. As, as we've said before, I, I don't think Lomax is on top of his game. Um, and Dodd, you know, you're not going to say you'd rather have Dodd than Maloney at seven in a grand final, given Dodd's inexperience. It's, uh, it, would be, it would be silly to think that. I mean, in two or three years' time, I think Dodd will be a great number seven, and Maloney will obviously be off down the road. But right now, yeah, drink water and Maloney, definitely. It's interesting, though, Gray. You, you, we mentioned about the halfbacks there and the wingers and things. There's some really good individual battles all over the pitch, isn't there? You know, you could, you know, you can pick some out. Tompkins against Coots, um, McAlorum and Roby, oh. uh, Knowles and Garcia. Mm. You know, there's there's some really, some really sort of juicy individual matchups there, isn't there? Yeah, top names all over the park. It's um, it it, it might be the highest quality grand final in terms of the 26 players on the field we've had for a while I think I mean you know everyone looks back to the Saints Wigan grand final last year but I, I I didn't think Wigan were the best Wigan team of all time this is probably Catalan's best team that they've had in the Super League era Saints are rolling on looking for the third title obviously got loads of good players I think in terms of talent there's you know you might have to go back a little bit of a while to find I was going to say 26, 34 players of such high quality that are going to be playing in a game. It's, it's you know, for the neutral, I think, for the neutral, I think it's, you know, I think it's a really good game to watch for the neutral. I think it'd be, I think it'd be a very interesting game and with no massive clear favourite. Yeah, no, I think it's a really good point and it, and it all points to be a really, um, a real nail biter. What about the only, the only downside, I suppose, Gray is, and whether it will be remains to be seen is the, um, is the attendance. Yeah, I mean, I, I I sent you a little photo earlier in the week where I, I was looking quite optimistic, and I was I was seeing not many blue dots, and then I kind of realised that they, I think they're selling them in a certain way, aren't they? I think they were selling them kind of alternate rows. Somebody said today to make the make it look better, so a lot of the okay. a lot of the seats that were greyed off were rows that hadn't been started to be hadn't been um, sold yet. They weren't on the market, so when one row filled up, another row was appearing. And obviously the empty, sorry, the no seats behind the Saints end was because Saints had them, the RFL weren't selling them. So obviously that that grade off part of the stadium has nothing to do with the RFL. But, you know, I, I think I think if we get 40,000, I think we've done okay. I, I, it's, it probably shows the lack of ambition, but there are still a load of people who don't want to go to games like this with COVID and stuff. It's, um, you know, football fans are doing it. Football grounds have been packed with 40,000, 50,000 people. They don't seem to mind, but... There's been a noticeable drop off in attendances in, compared to how they were before COVID and now, and you can you can say that's because they don't like the style of play. But nah, I don't I don't know I, I don't think the style of play is any worse now than it was 18 months ago. Really, I think there's a there's a genuine fear, and we do have an older fan base as well as a lot more older people who watch rugby league compared to football, and they may not want to do it, and they may not want to be in the middle of a big crowd at Old Trafford and having to get home on a Saturday night. It's um. I think in I think you know I've always said that I think the grand finals on too late in the evening I think it I think it results in a bit of a leery atmosphere at times especially when there's two big rivals playing which won't be the case this year but I'd have moved it back to three o'clock this year and given people a bit more chance to kind of get away from the ground after the game and maybe it would have helped get a few more people into the ground and felt a bit 
I happier think, doing it. Yeah, and I think particularly this year, with um, with no Premier League fixtures and being an international break for football, mm. it would have been great to take that that three o'clock slot in the on Saturday afternoon. Well, I think we could have done it any year. I think I think the grand final's always on a international break, isn't it? Which is where how we can book it so far in advance because we know Man United aren't playing that weekend. But yeah. I, I, I don't see the need to play it at six o'clock in the evening. We know why it's played at six o'clock in the evening. It's because um, Sky want the big game in prime time in yeah. the evening. But I, th- I think a three o'clock kickoff would be good for the grand final. I think it would uh, probably get a few more eyes on it as well and probably get a little bit more. And there's also the thing in the Sunday papers as well. You know, that it gets less attention in the Sunday papers because it finishes at eight o'clock yeah, as opposed to finishing at five o'clock yeah, because of press deadlines and stuff. Yeah. Although I did hear a radio advert before on TalkSport for the um, Super League uh, semi-final live <laughs> between Saints and Catalan. I was like, oh, you can't even get that right, you know? But anyway. Uh, right, I think. Uh, and finally, Gray, um, what is your prediction for the grand final? Oh, I'm hoping Ooh. it's as good as my Challenge Cup final prediction. Yeah, we want, um, we want, de- we want detail here, Gray. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Did I get it right? I was out by two points for the cup you were, final. You were only out by two points. Oh dear. Okay, so I'm going to predict it's going to be a little bit wet, and I don't think it'll be as high scoring as the Magic Weekend game. I think Saints will win. I think they'll pull away in the last twenty. So I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to go twenty-eight twenty for Saints. I think it'll be really close at half time. I think Saints will pull away and edge it by six to eight points. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we're one oh nine into the pod, and if that comes true, if any, if all that comes true, we know where to clip that to play back, don't we, Callum? <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah. Brilliant, <laughs> great. It's been uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, uh, and we hope you enjoy we hope we enjoy the evening on uh, on Saturday. And, yeah, I've got um, my tickets. Looking forward to it. Excellent, and uh, we no doubt uh, if Saint, if that does come true and Saints uh, do win. Um, then we'll uh, we'll look forward to speaking to you for the uh, review next week, won't we? Yes. Great stuff. Brilliant. Thanks. Great. Thank you as always. Uh, all the best for Saturday. My pleasure. Thanks a lot, mate. Real cheers, Great. Thank you. See you both soon. Bye. Bye. I always love the details of Gray's predictions. Yeah. He even predicted the weather and everything. Well, I was going yeah, <laughs> to say, if it's anything like his Challenge Cup one, I'd be putting a bet on it. So. Yeah, definitely. So he's, what did he say? 28-20 with Saints going away in the last 20 minutes? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. So, well, um, we've only got one more little segment tonight, haven't we, to wrap up? Yeah. But it's a good one. It is a good one. Callum, what's in the red corner? The Man of Steel Awards. <laughs> no prizes. Not the winners. No, not the winners. Not bo- No, no. I, think, you know, I ain't got any complaints about the no. winners. Take it away. Why are we doing it on a laptop? Why are we doing it on a Zoom call? I don't know. And and what, not only why are we doing it, why have they made Brian Carney's head take up the entire screen? <laughs> Is his head really that big? I don't think so. And do you know what else really bugged me about it? They couldn't even get him like wireless earphones, like no. AirPods or no, something. They had, they had white the wired ones, ones and yeah. you could see it dangling. It's an embarrassment trying to show people that we're a serious professional sport and then we pulled that out. Again. Again. Why? Why? 
if we can't have a proper award ceremony, why can't they have a studio? There's a studio at Catalan for the Catalan game before that. It's the first time I've ever seen that. I nearly passed out. Yeah. Why couldn't we just have that again? And then go to the go to the winners there. Yeah, and go to the winners. Or do it next week. Yeah, just delay it a week as the season's <laughs> over. You can have a proper like gala dinner type award thing, as, whatever as you normal. want. normal. Yeah. I mean, I do feel sorry for Brian Carney and all this because he will be the face of all these memes and all the jokes and everything. And it's not his fault. No. It's who's, who's signed that off? Who's, I don't know. Who has said? I don't know. Who's said? Yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Oh, that. But it's more of a, that'll do. Yeah. 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 Me. Can you imagine? <laughs> that was like when Mojo showed me happy yeah. dance. <laughs> can you Can you imagine the PFA Awards football? Coming direct from Gary Neville's shed. But, it, no, no, I can't, <laughs> right? But it wasn't even a good quality webcam. Be a good shed, though. I'm not bothered about <laughs> Gary Neville's shed. I don't care. But why, why, why is he doing it on a laptop? Why can they not have a camera there? Why can they have cameras before the game and everything? Why can why does he have to do it on his laptop at home? They've got a full thing at Media City. They've got a full studio, haven't they? Yeah. Why don't they just get him? A couple of guests around, a couple of ex-winners. Yeah. Something like that. People to talk about what these awards mean, blah, 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 that sort of thing. You could have proper, um, it, cut, it cuts to some highlights of all the winners and then you go, and the winner is, sort of thing. You know, even somebody coming on in the studio to say, you know, Opening an envelope and the winner is yeah, and then it goes to the the video of that of that player. I've no idea why it had to be on some sort of dodgy laptop. I don't know who thought that was a good idea, but they want sacking. It was embarrassing, and do you know what? I saw things on Twitter from like Australian rugby league accounts, and they're just laughing at us. Yeah, saying well, it's at- a joke. It's a joke, and you know this. Oh, mm. the game in the UK is like so bad and. And they're under the pump and all that. Yeah. Like, it's embarrassing. People well, look, are laughing at us. Well, look at that last night compared to the Dally M Awards last week. Yeah. And they're saying that their COVID situation is worse. Exactly. Exactly. They've been in lockdowns and things m- much more recently than we have. I know the players have been in bubbles and things like that, but Brandon Smith's they, taken his mum. His mum's not been in that yeah. bubble. They've had to take... The grand, the NRL grand final to Queensland, things like that. Yeah, and yet they've still managed to put on a super, um, you know, a super sort of all all singing, dancing gala performance at the NRL. Yeah, um, for the Dally M Awards, and we have that embarrassing, absolutely embarrassing. There's sometimes, isn't there? Right, I mean, there's sometimes like you get really annoyed. There's sometimes you could you could cry. About rugby. We all, if we're listening to this or we're doing this, we do it because we love rugby league. Mm. You go on Twitter or Facebook or whatever and you comment on rugby league because you're a fan of a club and you love rugby league. You go to the match because you, you love rugby league. You watch you watch that. The only the only plus with it is probably hidden away on Sky Sports, on Sky Sports Mix or something ridiculous. Which is a free Sky Sports channel, I think. So there's a chance to... So you can watch that anyway, can yeah. you? Right. So so people can watch that regardless. So again, that's a that's a good thing to for people to tune in and watch. I switched off. I'll admit I switched off. I did, because I, I was just <clears throat> like, I can't be dying. I could have cried. I sort of just kept my eye on it online because I was I just at the end no. of the day, I yeah, just yeah, I was yeah. like, I can't watch this, it's embarrassing. 
just when, you know, sometimes you think the game as an organisation or the game itself can't shoot itself in the foot anymore. And then they come up with something that surprises you. Yeah. Who who from Super League or or the Rugby League or whatever, whoever's in charge of it, who says that to Sky, that's <clears throat> acceptable? You've got the chairman, the interim chairman of Super League being interviewed on Brian Carney's laptop. Again, would you not think he would say, this isn't right? Yeah, no, I, it's embarrassing. Like, and it was just the the the. Not only was it the laptop and 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 everything, it was just like like a low budget one. Like, it wasn't. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're gonna do it like that, do it with the best equipment you can do. It's like we ran out of budget. Yeah. Like, say, couldn't even get in wireless earphones or a decent webcam. But it shouldn't have even been that. It should have just been in a studio. You're based at Media City there. Yeah. It's called Media City. There's a studio there, mate. I expected that backboard to fall down on him or something at some point. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised it weren't, like, green screened and you could see it, like, overlapping <laughs> his shirt and things like that. Like, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Nobody who is a non-rugby league fan is going to be watching that. No. Imagine if that... If that um... If that screen behind him fell down and it was like you could see his like lawnmower and that behind <laughs> him in the back. <laughs> oh, it's not even funny. It's not even funny. No. It's embarrassing. I think that's <clears throat> that's the worst red corner of the season in terms of something that's wrong. Yeah. Or the best one. The best one. Whichever way you look at it. Best. Yeah. Yep. I that's, Anyway, on on a brighter note to finish off. Yeah, should we go with the winners? Yeah, we'll, we'll go with the because winners. it still means as much to them whether or not they are um, presented with it at their own club or <clears throat> via someone's mobile phone or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I've no issues with the, the, the winners, the recipients, so... No, I mean, top try scorer, Ken Seo. I mean, you can't argue with that, can you? No, no. well done. Um, and uh, top tackler, uh, Jake Shorrocks. Joe Shorrocks. Joe Shorrocks. Sorry, Joe Shorrocks. Yeah. I, I, that was a surprise, that. Although they have spent most of the season defending. Yeah. Although when it did show the... Um, um, when it showed the um, highlights of... That he didn't have put some ferocious hits in. Yeah, it just took me by surprise. I didn't think he played that much. No, but he obviously has. But well done to uh, to Joe. Yeah, the um, the spirit of Super League award went to Kevin Sinfield. Yeah, I mean, you know what he did with all the marathons and everything he's done for Rob Burrow is is amazing. And um, I mean, even if he wasn't doing it for Rob Burrow, the 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 seven marathons in seven days is is just in, an incredible feat. Yeah, but just made extra special, um, you know, for, for the reason for doing it. So, yeah, yeah, well done, well done. Um, the um, coach of the year um, went to Steve McNamara, but you were saying before that there could have been a few. I think there could have been a few. Um, I mean, I've no issues with Steve McNamara winning it. You know, he's he's 
he's took Catalans to a, a league leaders and um, they've been the best team all season. He's took them to a grand final. I do think Christian Wolf had a shout. You know, they won the Challenge Cup, uh, fell short of the league leaders, but they're in a, a third consecutive grand final. Um, and, and I think Tony Smith and what he's done at OKR this season is incredible. So it, it could have easily have been. And to be honest, if either one of them three had won it, I wouldn't have been bothered because I, I think there's there's uh, plenty of reasons why that coach would have won. So yeah, but yeah, no, I think they they would have been my three if you like. Adrian Lamb, no, and maybe just for like comedy value. <laughs> <laughs> and and then the uh, the young player. Uh, of the year, Jack Wellsby. Yeah, no arguments whatsoever. Um, you know, he's made the dream team. So if he's made the dream team and he's eligible for young player, then surely he's, he's, it's got to be him. Yeah. Um, uh, Woman of Steel, Jodie Cunningham from St. Helens. Yeah, I mean, always talked highly about by everybody that's met her. Um and and some of the stuff that she's done with St. Helens, I think is she captain as well of St. Helens yeah. and, and you know, leading them to what could be a treble winning season. Which the women's grand final um, on Sunday. Yes, at, at, at Headingley, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, against Leeds Rannells. And uh, they had a really close game in the Challenge Cup this year, which I think Saints ran out 2012 winners. So uh, that could be, um, it could be a, a really tough, t- uh, tough t- uh, tussle. Yeah, it could be, you know, but you look at Jody's highlights for this season and, and it's almost, um, you know, Sam Tompkins-esque or Sam Tompkins of old and the runs that she does from fullback. But not only that, she plays numerous positions, thinks she's played loose forward and, and uh, she might have even had a do in the halves as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, thoroughly deserved. And not only that, when she's been on Sky, the other occasion she's been on Sky, talks really well and talks a lot of sense. Yeah, she's done a bit of punditry, hasn't she? Yeah, so... Some of the games, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, congratulations, Jodie. Well done. Uh, well done. And then the um, uh, the the Man of Steel um, talked to me about Sam Tompkins. Yeah, I think the obvious winner. Um, I remember when we were talking to Gareth Walker, both him and I said... Um, that's you know we thought Sam Tompkins were going to win it, so no arguments. He's been incredible for Catalans. Yeah. Um, so I think the one shortlisted, um, he, he had to win it. Um, I am with you. I do think Alex Wormsley is is unlucky not to to win it, um, and uh, you know, to not even be on the shortlist is I think incredible. It's almost mind blowing when you look at some of the stuff he's done. Uh, but no arguments with Sam Tompkins whatsoever. Been been amazing. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Gareth then, Gareth Walker. Um, you just um, uh, we had a message of Gareth before I asked him about the new coaching setup at Wigan, uh, and he said it'd be interesting to see how it goes. And one of the things that Sean Wayne said was that uh, he'd learned more in his career off uh, Matty Pete than vice versa. Very interesting, that, isn't it? So, so yeah, always, exciting always, for Wigan fans. I always trust Gareth to go up with something uh, different. Absolutely, but yeah, no. Apart from the way in the manner that the the manner the the awards were awarded, absolutely, I think they've got the correct decisions on on every one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Apart from coach, which I'm not saying I disagree with. I just think there was there was more options for that. I think than any of the other categories. Yeah. So no, you're right, and I think 
That just about does it, doesn't it? It does. It's been an action-packed podcast it has. tonight, hasn't it? It has. Uh, I'm going to just run through a couple of fixtures with you, and I want a quick prediction for them off you. Okay. Um, it's the um, uh, League One playoff as well, Workington versus Doncaster. Doncaster oh. came from the dead, didn't oh. they? Against Keithley. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible, wasn't it? The, yeah. the, the kick from the touchline at the end. Yeah, they were way better. They, uh, they, they were like, it was a little bit like the Catalan Saints game at Magic Weekend. Mm. They came from absolutely nowhere to uh, secure their place. So, Workington, Doncaster? Um, I think... I think Workington. Yeah, I, I would go along with you then. Um, Saints, women against Leeds, women in the uh, women's grand final? Uh, hard to look past uh, St. Ellen's women, I think. Uh, although Leeds are a, a very good side as well. Saints have been dominant. The, 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 the run that they've been on and everything is, is incredible. Yeah. And uh, the million pound game to lose against Featherston? That is a good game. That is a good game. Um, that's Sunday as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's on Sunday. It's Sunday yeah, evening, I think that's Sunday it, yeah. at six o'clock, it yeah. is, yeah. Um, but. I'm going to say Toulouse. You know, they've not been beaten all season, but uh, Fev could definitely uh, end that winning streak. Yeah. So, yeah, good luck to both teams there. And finally, um, have you got a have you got a detailed prediction like like Gray had for the uh, uh, for the uh, the big game of the season, the grand final? I I think it's going to be really tight. Um, I, I think there might be. Um, few errors uh, early on because I think it'll be wet as well the weather's been atrocious so I think there'll be a few errors I think it'll keep it nice and tight um, it could just come down to a missed tackle or um, you know a, a, a moment of individual brilliance um, but I think that the the fact that Saints are going for three in a row and the experience and, and Catalans in their first grand final I think the experience of playing in grand finals will, will Definitely helps St. Ellen's, and I think they'll run out, um, I'm going to say, 16-12 winners. For Saints? For St. Ellen's, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna agree with you, the winners. Um, I think if it's if it's going to be wet like it looks like it's going to be, with all the rain that we've had over the last week, uh, I think defensively, I think Saints will just really uh, grind Catalans down. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think... Uh, I can see Saints going away with it a little bit easier uh, than you, and I think Saints will win 28-12. 28-12? Yeah. Okay, well, there we have it. Predictions are locked in. And there yep. was only Johnny that said Catalan. Yeah. <laughs> in fairness, Gray's a Saints fan, so he's going to say Saints. Yeah, but, and Johnny's uh, a Wigan fan, so he's going to say, say Catalan. Catalan yeah. yeah, so... So we'll see. That's the way I see it. So, if you are going along to Old Trafford, um, enjoy yourselves. Um, we'll be we'll be dotting about the place, won't we? We will be dotting about the place. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I was going to say come and say hello, but nobody knows what we look like. That's the way I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but if you hear our voice and say, "Ooh, there's that guy off the Loose Forward podcast." <laughs> And we apologise for this rain that's just started. I know. <laughs> Pouring down, so. <laughs> right. And I think that's it, isn't it? It certainly is. So, All right. As so, Andy says, if you're going to Old Trafford, stay safe and enjoy yourself. 
And thank you for listening. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me.